Greetings. Welcome to the Derivative Podcast, the podcast where we use artificial intelligence to make recombinant essays, poems, and stories that are, shall we say, derivative. I'm your host, Thomas Richard T.R. Gill, a.k.a. the Sentimental Sociopath. Isn't that a mouthful? And I was inspired to start this podcast for the following reasons. I am an aspiring author, but my day job is to do research, conduct research rather, on artificial intelligence. So these, up to this point, have been separate plot lines in the life of T.R. Gill. But the plot lines have intersected with the onset of a artificial intelligence program that you may have heard of called ChatGPT, which can write amazing essays, poems, and possibly stories. There have been problems with uh, cheating in class where students have actually gotten ChatGPT to write their essays for them and turned it in, and these essays have often been the best essays that have been turned in. And as an aspiring author, it's uh, rather terrifying. So after a lengthy, not lengthy, after a one-night existential crisis, I decided I might as well use this to my advantage. Or not to my advantage, rather, but just to have a little fun. So I'm a, I'm a big student of literature, and I actually have a lot of ideas for stories that I would never write because they are, you guessed it, derivative. For instance, I'm a huge fan of the book Vitalo Calvino's Invisible Cities, which is a book full of two-page descriptions of cities. There's, for instance, a city that's all pipes, nothing but pipes, just sinks, showerheads, and such. So I thought it'd be cool to have one called Invisible Restaurants, where it's just the same thing, but with restaurants, maybe chain restaurants. I don't know. So, but I would never actually write that because that's it's not original. It's it's derivative, and I, the the list of derivative works that are uh, that can be called pieces of art in their own right is rather small. I, I can think of a couple off the top of my head. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, based on Hamlet. Wide Sargasso Sea, based on uh, Jane Eyre. So there are a few, but if I'm actually going to take the trouble of writing something, I would rather write something um, just completely original. Not to disparage those works, they're most likely <laughs> better than anything I ever write, but... Um, But because of ChatGPT, I can now write these derivative stories in a guilt-free manner and read them on this podcast, which I think is fair game. I'm not, uh, we, I don't think we've quite figured out what we're going to do with this ChatGPT. I think it, one pod, right as it stands, it, it can't replace writers it at least can't replace uh good writers and i have my doubts as to whether it ever will doubts that i will not uh doubts that i take with a grain of salt because there was one point i think it was the 80s where they said a computer will never 
be better than a grandmaster at chess and look what happened there so it's quite possible that all aspiring writers will be out of a job well all writers will be out of a job because of this but i don't think so and for any writer it's i mean the chances of actually making it in writing are so small to begin with that i'm not gonna you know panic over chat gbt i'm probably not gonna be that's probably if i don't become a writer that's probably not gonna be the reason i don't become a writer anyway so as i say i'm a big student of literature so when i discovered chat gpt i did what any self-respecting bibliophile would do I tried to get it to write a story in which Anne of Green Gables is a serial killer. Now, this was when I found out that there are some things ChatGPT just won't do, which I suppose is fair. ChatGPT gave me this response, I'm sorry, but it is not appropriate to depict the beloved character of Anne of Green Gables in such a manner, as it goes against the spirit of the original work and the values it represents. It would be disrespectful to the author, the readers, and the character herself. I can help you with other prompts that don't involve harmful or disrespectful content. I suppose that's fair. Anne of Green Gables is a great character. And by the way, um, I'd say the book Anne of Green Gables is probably top 20 for me. So it's not, uh, it's, it's the highest form of flattery is me trying to turn a character into a serial killer with ChatGPT. So when I failed at, and by the way, ChatGPT, for those of you that don't know it, it's, it's a very advanced chat bot um that you give it a prompt and it will write something to answer that prompt and the prompt can be explain an aspect of multivariable calculus i got it to play the six degrees of kevin bacon my brother is a big dungeons and dragons fan so we got it to write very um intricate dungeons and dragons modules but for my purposes, I want to use it to <laughs> write, you know, alternate endings, combinations of literature. Uh, so as soon as I failed at the Anne of Green Gables uh, attempt, I racked my brain in search of other children's novels to ruin. And I set upon The Wind in the Willows. The Wind in the Willows is also a novel I hold in very high regard. Um, it involves Ratty, Mole, Badger going on a journey. Most importantly, it has a character named Mr. Toad. Many of you will be familiar with Mr. Toad due to the, um, ride that no longer exists at the Magic Kingdom, but still exists at Disneyland, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I had the chance to ride that in April at Disneyland. I actually rode the wind that uh, no, I, I read the wind in the willows in preparation for riding Mr. Toad's wild ride. And much to my delight, I found Mr. Toad to be one of the premier addictive personalities in all of literature. And basically <laughs> Mr. Toad is essentially a scoundrel who is addicted to driving cars and he's um 
Now, I guess you could say we're all addicted to driving cars. His problem is he does not drive cars very well. He always ends up being sued. He ends up having to pay his own medical bills and other people's medical bills. He ends up in prison. In the ride, at the end of the ride, spoiler alert, cover your ears for the next 10 seconds. If you ride the ride, the ride ends in hell. It ends with a car crash and Mr. Toad goes to hell. I mean, I wish they still, you know, it's a shame they just don't have the balls to make rides like that anymore. That's all I can say. Everything's like milk toast. You know, there's no conflict. You don't go to hell at the end. You know, I I hope that uh, theme park rides start taking risks again, like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which is one of the best theme park rides ever. But anyway, as I say, Mr. Toad is a premier literary addict, so I thought it would be interesting to use ChatGPT to write a scene from a novel, a non-existing novel called Fear and Loathing in Toad Hall. For those of you that don't know the first part of that, this is a book called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, in which Hunter S. Thompson, gonzo journalist, drives from L.A. to Las Vegas in a convertible with many drugs in the back. So I thought that I would combine the novel Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and Wind in the Willows, because Mr. Toad is a character that rightfully belongs in a novel like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So my first attempt, and this happens a lot, I've made a lot of attempts. I've attempted, for instance, Pride and Prejudice, uh, Mr. Darcy meeting Elizabeth Bennet in the style of a Raymond Chandler novel. And sometimes in the style of works well, sometimes it doesn't. So the first attempt I made to compose this Wind in the Willows, it just felt like I was reading Wind in the Willows. So I decided often chat, you know, chatbot GPT, you got to give it a little bit more help. So I grabbed my copy of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and... I'm going to read an excerpt in my, on my copy. It's actually on the back. Also, I forgot I should give an excerpt excerpt of uh, wind in the willows as well. After that, I'll do that. But, um, we had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high powered blotter acid, a salt shaker, half full of cocaine and a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers, also a quart of tequila, a quart of rum, a case of Budweiser, a pint of raw ether, and two dozen amyls. But the only thing that worried me was the ether. There is nothing in the world more helpless and irresponsible than a man in the depths of an ether binge. And, okay, just uh, as an example of the way the addictive personality is shown in Wind of the Willows, Mr. Toad actually tries to quit cars cold turkey tries to quit driving cars but he goes to a bar and he sees it he 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 knows that people have driven a car you know into the parking lot and he, he says something that i think is is so familiar to anyone who's ever like experienced or had to struggle with addiction he says 
surely it wouldn't hurt if I just looked at the car. It's amazing. So, I gave Chatbot GPT a little bit of help. I took this list of <laughs> drugs, half of which I've never heard of, from the back of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and I, I told them to write a a story, a scene involving the Wind in the Willows characters in the style of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And then, for extra, by way of extra help, I told Chatbot GPT that the scene should involve grass, mescaline, blotter acid, <laughs> cocaine, um, amyls, ether. So, as a part of it, it took it in sort of a uh, superficial way, but um, it gave me something that I was pretty happy with, so I'm actually going to read it to you now. It was a wild and crazy night, and I, Mr. Toad, was feeling like the king of the world. I had just procured a huge stash of mescaline, blotter acid, cocaine, tequila, rum, ether, and amyls, and I was ready to experiment with them all. My partners in crime, Ratty, Mole, and Badger, were with me, but they didn't understand my need for excess and experimentation. They were content with their quiet lives by the river, but I needed something more. We were driving down the road in my flashy new motor car, the wind whipping through our hair, the headlights illuminating the darkness. I was laughing maniacally, feeling on top of the world, but my friends were clearly terrified, clinging to their seats for dear life. Toad, what the hell is in that bag, Raddy asked, pointing to the bag of drugs. Fear and loathing, my friends, the ultimate trip, I shouted as I passed around the bag of mescaline. <laughs> As we, as we arrived at my luxurious mansion, the party was already in full swing. The guests were wild with excitement, and the music was blasting. It was my, I was in my element, living the high life. As the night wore on, I could see that my friends were becoming increasingly uncomfortable. They were out of their element, and they wanted nothing more than to go back to their peaceful lives by the river. Come on, Toad, let's get out of here, Mole pleaded. No way, my friends. The party's just getting started, I replied, feeling a sense of power and invis invincibility. As the drugs took effect, the partygoers were in a state of euphoria. The music was louder, the colors were brighter, and the laughter was uncontrollable. But as the night turned into morning, <laughs> we all know that feeling, and the partygoers stumbled out of the mansion, I knew that my wild and crazy lifestyle was taking its toll on my friends. I could see the disappointment and disapproval in their eyes. As we drove back to the river, I knew that I had pushed my luck too far. My friends were my true family, and I had nearly lost them because of my reckless behavior. As we arrived home, Toad felt guilty. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to put you through all that. Okay, so it says, as we arrived home, Toad felt guilty. So this was a, a minor error. It actually switched from uh, first person to third person there. But uh, continuing, as we arrived home, Toad felt guilty. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to put you through all that. I just got carried away. It's all right, Toad. We all make mistakes, Ratty replied with a smile. Yeah, we just want you to be safe and happy, added Mole. And with that, we settled into our quiet lives by the river, content in the knowledge that true friendship and family is worth more than any wild and crazy adventure. As they went to sleep, I knew that I had to change my ways. I was a Toad reborn. It is important to note that oh, okay, okay. So this this next part this next part is not actually 
So chat GPT, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta give them props. Sometimes it gets in the way of, of creating uh, true art, but you do have to give them props. They are trying to uh, prevent the robot from influencing anyone negatively. So at the end of the story, it, was, it is important to note that using drugs recreationally or in excess is not safe and can lead to serious health problems and addiction. It is important to always make informed and safe decisions when it comes to drug use. That, I suppose, in true Aesopian style, is the moral of the story. Because <laughs> in Aesop's fables, you would have the story, and then at the end, the moral of the story would be clearly written out. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. That... Needless to say, in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas... Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas does not end with Hunter S. Thompson having a change of heart and deciding to change his ways. So I thought that was kind of a happy medium between The Wind in the Willows and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So that was that was interesting. That was good. Okay, folks, by the way, um, <laughs> good use of your time. Read both of these books. I would say both The Wind in the Willows and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas are in my top 50. Now, one thing you should know about me, I have my top 50 books. I have my top 100 movies. Um, every once in a while, I have to actually write them out. But uh, in the <laughs> intervals in between my writing them out, my top 50 books probably contains more than 50 books. My top 100 movies probably contains more than 100 movies. But... I think uh, Fear and Loathing and Wind of the Willows are both safely there. And Mr. Toad has to be top 10 uh, fictional characters. Um, along with, I just read Catch-22, so Milo from Catch-22 is also also top 10 fictional characters. He's, he's amazing. Um, okay. Thank you so much. This has been the hopefully the start of something amazing. This has been the Derivative Podcast. I've been Thomas Richard T.R. Gill, a.k.a. the Sentimental Sociopath. And in lieu of a catchphrase, I will simply say, good night, goodbye. Good night, goodbye. Good night, goodbye.